Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be ye kind one to another, compassionate, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 31 through 32. When we look at the life of Jesus, we see a common thread showing up before many of his miracles. The words, I quote, and he was moved with compassion. Before he fed the 5,000, he was moved with compassion because that they had been fasting for three days. Before he gave sight to the two blind men that cried out to him, he was moved with compassion over their condition and their treatment. Before he raised the widow's dead son, he was moved with compassion for her grieving. Throughout the miracle ministry of Jesus, the one thing that unlocked the healing virtue of our great and mighty king more than anything was compassion. We read in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, But when he, Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And really, it's no different for you or me today. After all, it is the same Jesus that lives on the inside of us. And it is his healing virtue, his miracle-working power, his anointing and grace that is still available to us. Yet do we not see it unleashed enough, I fear, for lack of compassion. Now we know that not every situation is the same. Some miracles have a timing to their releasing, like the one that triggered revival in Jerusalem after Christ's ascension. And some were for the glory of God, the miracles coming to validate the message, and in Jesus' case, the messenger that performed them. Yet, did the overwhelming majority of Jesus' recorded miracles come simply because of compassion. And it is compassion that many in the body are lacking. It was no different in the time of Jesus. That's actually what caused a lot of envy to rise up against Jesus in the religious establishment. They envied God's favor that was upon him because he truly had compassion. On the weak, the lowly, the meek, the least of these, the forgotten, the broken, the disillusioned, those who were hungry and desperate for the truth, for redemption, for something different than what they had experienced, than what had failed them, this harsh, hard, cold, compassionless religion. I can remember a time 
when I had a severe foot injury that had rendered my walk slow, labored, and painful for years. One night at a service, I was overwhelmed with compassion for a young single father in a wheelchair trying to raise two small daughters on his own. I wanted so badly for the Lord to heal him that night. I cried out to the Lord with all of my heart, and I felt his healing virtue flow. I just knew that if this man had but the faith to try to stand, that he would walk in this service. But sadly, he never did. He didn't have the faith for it. Wouldn't even try. So I walked back to my seat that night, brokenhearted for him. So distracted by my prayer for God to heal this man's walk that I did not even notice that he had healed mine. My limp was gone. The pain was gone. The fused bones now moved freely. There had been compassion and there had been a healing. Even in the Old Testament, we read in the Psalms in chapter 51, verse 17, the sacrifices of God or a broken spirit for a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou will not despise. One of the greatest marvels of the Christian faith is that our God chose to humble himself, to come and to live among us as one of the least of us that he might experience every hardship that we do and more. And in doing so has increased the compassion in his already merciful heart toward us. So know this about your risen Lord, that all that Jesus endured makes him all the more understanding, patient, and approachable with our frailties. He gets it. He really gets us. He has compassion because of his experience as a man facing heartbreak, weariness, pain, and temptation. That compassion drives him to petition the Father on our behalf to release the grace that we need to overcome the things that break us down. So be willing to go before him now, lay those burdens down and cry out. Ask him and he will help. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 we read, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted just like we are. Yet though he was without sin because he did not succumb to those temptations. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy also and find that grace that is there to help us in our times of need. You see, grace is the power of the Holy Spirit, the very Spirit of Jesus. He makes intercession for us. He is willing to indwell us and to empower us. We need only to come in faith knowing that he made a way for us to receive it and that he really wants to help us to walk in victory. 
Because you see, there is no excuse to remain oppressed and overcome by the enemy. Jesus already won that war for you. He gives you himself freely. So in all those areas that you feel guilty because you have tried and tried and failed so many times, then it's time now to come before that throne of grace, to humble yourself and cry out, to visit him every day. We are not just servants, but we are friends. God has made a way to adopt us in to his family that we might fellowship with him, that we might have communion. That's why communion is a New Testament ordinance because it's there to remind us that until Jesus comes back in the physical, then we can fellowship and commune with him now in the spiritual. We have access to the same spirit of Jesus that Paul did, who taught him so that he could lead others who didn't know yet that they had access to such majesty, power, and compassion. Isaiah chapter 49 verse 14 says, But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. And then, of course, God's reply was, Oh, can a woman forget her sucking child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, even they may sometimes forget, but yet will not I forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands, and thy walls are continually before me. Can you just take that in for a minute? That the majesty of the king of all creation thinks on us daily. Let us think on the goodness of God because there is a danger in forgetting who he really is. Yes, he is justice. And yes, he even moves in judgment. But though those are things that he does because he must, They're not who he is. He is love. Now, while Jesus' experiences of hardship have caused him to grow more compassionate, we have to be careful because we tend to do the opposite. Jesus was already perfect and was mistreated and somehow still managed to become better because of it. We were far from perfect, probably a lot closer to worthless. Yet God wanted us and redeemed us. He forgave us of all of our sins and offenses and others in our lives and in the body of Christ through the leading of the Holy Spirit forgave us also. And we found purpose and placement and power in his kingdom. We found real family. They welcomed us in. They made us feel like part of them. They trusted us to be part of their army. And then the battles started coming. And we started changing. But not for the better, like Jesus did. We began to lose our compassion. Attacks, disappointments, betrayals, slanders, 
manipulators, users, heartbreakers, every scar making our heart harder and harder. Do you see it? Is this speaking to you? Then it's time to sit and talk with Jesus. Because he knows all about those scars. So show him yours. And he'll show you his. Tell him how they caused yours. And he'll tell you how you caused his. Yet still, he continued pursuing you. Even unto death. Take a moment today to remember all that he has endured for you. All that he has loved you through. All of the things that he has forgiven you. And watch compassion return to you. After all, he did it for us. Ought we be able to do it also for them, too? We can forgive. We can try again. We can be broken over the rebellion of the deceived and dying. We can war for them. We can weep for them. We can pour out our hearts in intercession for them yet again, like Moses and Jesus did. We can unlock healing for both us and them. When we repent of our woundedness, weariness, hardness, and offenses, and ask humbly, Lord, as you forgave us, we now forgive them. Please give us a heart of compassion again. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 says this, It is only because of the Lord's mercies that we ourselves are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Oh, how great is thy faithfulness. Isn't that amazing? Let us not only appropriate it in our own situations, but let us relay it. To others in our constant conversation. First Peter chapter 3 verse 8 says this in instruction to the early churches. Finally, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but counterwise render blessings, knowing that ye are there to called to do these things, that if you do them, you should inherit a blessing. For he that wants to be able to love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips, that they speak no guile. Let him despise evil, let him avoid evil, and do good. Let him speak peace and pursue it. Paul gives these instructions in Colossians 3, chapter 12. He says, put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all of these things, put on love which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, 
to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. We can make the gospel very complicated, but Jesus made it very simple. Love God with all of your heart and love others. Be humble, be kind, be patient, have compassion, be like Jesus. Remember that he came to show us who God really is. He said, if you've known the Son, then you've known the Father. Nothing changed in the New Testament as far as God's character. We see all the way back in the book of Zechariah, chapter 7, verse 9, it says, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Execute true judgment, and show mercy and compassion every man to his brother. So while we must speak the truth of God's word in love and we must relay his righteous judgments because that's what love does, we do not do it in pride or arrogance or hardness. We do it from a place of brokenness and compassion, remembering that we have been there ourselves and the Lord showed mercy on us. And in that same vein of love, let us do all things to the brethren. Lord, help us to have your heart. Help us to be broken. Help us to be made empathetic and compassionate and humble before your presence and before each other. Let us remember that you paid a price for all to have the opportunity to be redeemed back into your family again. And we've got to be a good reflection of what that really is. Help us to produce the good fruits of your spirit. That to be in right standing, walking in holiness and righteousness, really means that you are walking in us. And therefore your character and fruits will be produced through us. And if it's not, if there is anything else coming to the surface, then we need to step back and repent and cry out to Jesus and ask him to save us. He is more than willing. You just have to humble your pride and acknowledge that you need him. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.